This is Sports and Torts with David Spada and Elliot Harris on TalkZone.com. Elliot, let's get right to our next guest. Former Dodger, Baltimore Oriole, Kansas City A, Houston Astro, Cleveland Indian, a six-time All-Star, hit multiple home runs in the major leagues. His best year, he had 46 home runs, 141 RBIs, 25 doubles. Jim Gentile, how you doing, Jim? I'm doing fine, thank you. And I also forgot you hit five grand slams, which isn't too shabby either. <laughs> well, at that time it wasn't. <laughs> Two in the same game? Yes, in Minneapolis. Jim, when you hit those two Grand Slams in one game, did you realize what an accomplishment it was back then? No, sir. I, I, I After I hit home plate and I come across, Paul Richards was standing at the dugout like he always does. And as I went by, he just said, you know, son, I don't think that's ever been done before. And then, of course, by the time we got to the clubhouse, uh, the newspaper guys were there and telling me all about it. And then in 61, I mean, you had that huge season, but everybody remembers 61 with the Mantle Maris there in the American League. But, I mean, those numbers you put up any other year, you would have been the MVP. Well, uh, that's the way my my career sort of went. <laughs> Day late and a dollar short. But uh, uh, anyway, it ended up, I don't know, uh, it ended up that uh, one of your Chicago writers found that Maris and I tied for the RBI title. And they just uh, put it in the encyclopedia. Now, you came up in the Brooklyn Dodger organization, and, and yeah. Gil, Gil Hodges was a fixture at first base. Oh, absolutely. What, what was it like knowing that, oh, all i got to do is beat out Gil Hodges if I want a, a job on a daily well, basis? Well, you know, the first, the first couple of years when you're in the minors, uh, you don't really think about it. You're just worried about trying to climb the ladder. And uh, at 18, I started in A-ball, and I led the league in home runs, and uh I went to spring training and the next year, and they sent me right back to A-ball. I, I started to figure out, well, boy, this is going to be tough. Nobody moves, you don't move. And uh, uh, the other thing that got me is when I finally got to the uh, big league contract, uh, you know, I, it was after Fort Worth, double-A. I hit 40 home runs at uh, Fort Worth. Uh, they never took me to Brooklyn for a cup of coffee, you know, uh, at the beginning of the year. And I couldn't figure it out. They kept telling me they were going to move Gill to third and give me a shot at first, but they never did. Why wouldn't they move Gil? Would Gil not move? Or... Gil wouldn't move. No, he didn't want to move. I don't blame him. He's the best first baseman in the National League. Why should he move? Yeah, I mean, he, he was about as good a defensive first oh. baseman as you ever would want to come across. Oh, absolutely. And and uh, as you look back, that infield hadn't changed for seven years. What do you think what's going on in L.A. right now with the Dodgers here with this whole ownership issue? Oh, that's terrible. It's too bad. It's... Uh, it's a tough situation for the players, uh, but uh, you just have to go on and play your every day. And uh, there's nothing you can do with the front office. You just have to play your game. Now, you were in Fort Worth earlier in, in your career. Then you c- came back and managed a little yes. bit? Yeah, I came back in, in the independent baseball. I managed two years at Fort Worth. D- did you miss the triple-digit temperatures? Is that what brought you back there? No, I, I just thought it would be interesting. You know, I, I had just turned 70. I mean, 67, excuse me. And they asked me to manage, and I thought, well, isn't this nice, you know? And like I say, I hit 40 there in 56, so I guess they wanted to bring in someone people might remember. So uh, I went there for two years, and then I went to Mid-Missouri Mavericks up in Columbia, Missouri, for two years. And I was in your land uh, in Schaumburg, hitting coach in the Northern League. For the Schaumburg Flyers? Yes. Were you working with Ron Kittle back then? No, no, it was after Ron. The year after Ron, I guess. 
Okay. I see that you were with the Orioles from 60 to 63. I was watching TV over the weekend, and they had a documentary on it, Brooks Robinson. They talked about how their Orioles team evolved, how they got Brooks, and then they had you, and then they brought Frank Robinson in later on, and how that team was built and how they became so successful, like the Oriole way. Uh-huh. How, what did the Orioles do that made them so successful back in that time? Well, I think, you know, uh, uh, it started in 60, and they call us the, the Kitty Corps. You know, with Brooks and Ron Hansen and Breeding, myself, Triantis in the infield, uh, and we and we the sixty and sixty one we gave the Yankees a pretty good run for their money, and uh, you know back then with eight teams you had to beat the Yankees to, if you wanted to get in the World Series, and uh, then they started uh, once once we got into about third place and second place uh, people started to notice us, and uh, then I think. Uh, I got traded to Kansas City, and in uh, 65 or 66, they brought Frank Robinson in. And I think that was the ingredient that uh, made him turn the page. He is, uh, you know, he's a great team leader, and uh, he, he just got everybody uh, on the same page. And uh, they kept going, and then they won two, three World Series, which was wonderful. Now, when I think of you, I think of you as a Baltimore Oriole. When you think of your big league career, is there one team that you identify with more than the other? Oh, the Orioles, absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Uh, I, I go back home in San Francisco, and some people say, after you were with the Orioles, where'd you go? Because <laughs> back then, when you went to Kansas City, it was kind of like going to AAA. Not that the ball club wasn't good, but Charles Finley kind of gave you. <laughs> no, your, your best hope if you went to Kansas City is they they would trade you to the, the Yankees because that seemed for the longest time Kansas, well, was Kansas hoping, City was you know, like the Yankees farm club. Absolutely, and uh, uh, but I knew they had Scour, and then they had what Joe Pepitone came along, yeah, a, a good uh, first baseman. But uh, Paul Richards liked me, so he bought me for Houston, and uh, I went over to Houston for a year and a half. When you were at the Dodgers, you were teammates with Wally Moon. Yes. Who was known for his moonshots? Did you ever have home run contests during batting practice to see who could hit the ball farther? Uh, no, I don't think so. Uh, what he calls, in fact, uh, you know, I don't think anybody did that back then. Uh, tell you the honest truth, now the, these guys are hitting them 572 feet. <laughs> Just, I was amazed at the at the All Star break. Well, what uh, Cano? What he hit 470 yeah. feet or something like that. It's amazing. I mean, I was at the convention yesterday here in Chicago, the collectible convention. They had a Wally Moon jersey up. They were asking $2,000 for it. Wow. So you might want to put your old Dodger jersey up for sale. You can make some money. <laughs> yeah, well, it's funny. I never People ask me, and I never consider myself a Dodger. I got 36 times up in three years. Um even when I uh, went up in 57, I didn't know I was starting a game against Philly. I was sitting in my locker, and the captain, Reese, came over and said, Diamond, you're, you're playing today. I said, no, I hit with the Scrubinis. He said, no, he's got you in the lineup. Well, we faced the uh, Phillies, and we faced Robin Roberts. Ah. And I, I got safe on an error my first time, and the second time up, I took him upper deck center field in Nebbets Field. And uh, I, I get, let's see, that was... 57, so four or five years later, here he is with the Orioles with me. And he gave me a picture saying, so you won't forget who you hit your first one off of. <laughs> well, he was known for giving up home runs. Well, he didn't want to walk you. That's the one thing Reese told me. He said, you face this guy, he, he won't walk you if he can help it. He said he doesn't like to give up walks. But, but most I, of those home runs didn't come with a lot of men on base, which is how he ended up in yes, the Hall of Fame. Absolutely. Wonderful, wonderful gentleman. You had to be happy, though, when... You were with the Dodgers, and they went from Brooklyn, L.A., because you were born in San Francisco. 
Oh, absolutely. Well, it was funny. They took a picture of Don Drysdale and I holding an L.A. flag. I never got so much hate mail <laughs> in my life. Well, I'm not kidding you. I got I must have got about 30 letters saying what a terrible person I was and different things like that, you know. Most of those written in crayon? <laughs> but it, it, it was nice. But, like again, like I say, uh, uh, we went out to L.A., and I only got 17 times up in the Coliseum. Well, what was it like playing it in a football stadium like that? Oh, well, it, well, looking at right field, which was 420, 440 feet, it, uh, and you look at left, <laughs> left field, field. 280. <laughs> you know, we went back in 58 for the 50-year reunion, and uh, they had to, and they had it in the Coliseum, and they had the place full. It wow. was just unreal. It was uh, the Red Sox played the Dodgers an exhibition game there. Yeah, no, and, yeah, you guys could draw ninety thousand for a baseball game. Isn't that something? Yeah, it, it just was so. Uh, the, uh, you know, the, the difference in the field, it, it just made it unfair to play him. But then they played the World Series there, and I should have been there. I was sold to the White Sox, and they, they reneged on it. Why did the White Sox renege? Too cheap? Old Comiskey? Well, no. Or 59, I think 59, if you remember, Bill Veck bought the White Sox. Right. Well, Bovese called me in the office, and he said, Bill Veck wants to buy you. He said, but he has to wait until he takes complete control of the club. And I said, okay. I was on the St. Paul roster. The Dodgers are leaving camp to go to Chicago. I think they're going to open up with the Cubs. So, Bovesi tells me to pack. The deal's done. I'm packed. I'm sitting in the lobby when my bag's packed, and here comes uh, Max Macon, the manager of St. Paul. And he said, where are you going? <laughs> I said, well, Bovesi told me to take the Dodger plane to Chicago. He said, no, I just talked to Buzzy. Uh, Vex says he's got to hold up for a couple, another week or so, so you stay here and work out with me. Well, it turned out I stayed the whole time at St. Paul because uh, it turned out that uh, Bavese wouldn't give them who they wanted. And I think you had a first baseman back then, uh, Jackson. Is it Al Jackson or Ron Jackson? Big six foot yeah, eight. Yeah, Ron first. Jackson. My. Yeah, that's who the Dodgers wanted, and, and Vec wouldn't give him up. Yeah. So you would have been a White Sox in the 59th season when they made the World Series, huh? Absolutely. Or the Dodgers when they made the World Series. <laughs> Both of them in the World Series, and I'm sitting home watching it. Oh, man. <laughs> now, Ron Jackson, Kalamazoo, Michigan. My my daughter, my okay. daughter work, he died uh, a year or so ago, but my daughter works for an insurance agency that was his and that's now run by his sons. But, oh. So, so I wonderful. got I got to meet him. Seemed like a nice man. Yeah. But, yeah, uh, yeah it's a small world. So instead of getting you, we had Ted Kuzuski. Uh, that or didn't you get? Didn't you have Norm Cash at that time? And they, uh, I think Klesuski was Klesuski was fifty nine. I think they traded for him in mid season. Yeah. Okay. I because I know Cash. I thought was with the White Sox. Then went over to Detroit. Yeah. Then but, we got uh, Moose Scour later on. Who most people know Moose here in Chicago being a member of the White Sox because he's still on the payroll up until this day. Yeah. Yeah. I, I saw him a, few, a couple of years ago. Yeah. He, uh, that's wonderful, but if I, me, I think of him as a Yankee. Yeah, I think I think a lot of people think of him as a Yankee. I remember growing up as a kid, you know. Well, you know, back then in, in the '50s, '60s, it was it was so hard because you only had eight teams, and you had to beat you know, the number one team, the Yankees, to get into the World Series. You know, and that was your whole thing when the season started. Hey, we got to win our the American American League to get in the World Series. Now, you if you don't win your division. They've got the wild card, so you you know it gives more guys a chance to play in a World Series. Yeah, but I always like when the when the postseason comes around and they start talking about postseason records, and oh. you see the guys who played in the fifties before all, all these postseason games. Let me know what a World Series record is. Don't well, tell that's me exactly. 
I, I my my thing when they start talking about well this guy hit more home runs in in uh, postseason you know and I I said well you can't do that Mantle hit X amount of home runs in the World Series I said you can't tell me this guy hit fifteen in the or eighteen he hit more than Mantle because he didn't because Mantle hit them all in the World Series who I, was, I'm with you who was, who was the best player who ever played ever played yes boy there's so many but. What I saw and played against the few games I got to play against him, man, Willie Mays. Okay. It's like a consensus. Whenever we get the retired players on who played in that era, almost all of them say all around Willie Mays. Hitting Ted Williams, but Willie Mays all around. Well, absolutely. Stan Musial hitting, you know. But for fielding, running, just everything, this man could do it all. Yeah. Another guy who falls in that category, too, is I think Hank Aaron. But I think people tend to downplay his defense a little bit, and I don't think Aaron ran as much. No, as they well. didn't run him as much, you know. But Mays was just uh, back then. He was he was a, a triple threat. You had to, and you never saw anybody go after a ball, stop, and catch it like in a basket. That was just fantastic. And with him, it always looked so effortless. Yes, absolutely. And just think, back then you had Mantle, Mays, and Snyder, three of the greatest center fielders you can get. But the guys nowadays make plays I just don't understand. <laughs> I mean, up over the fence and, uh, you know, it's just uh, baseball today is really exciting. I'll tell you the one thing, though, with Mays. He, like you said, the greatest player ever in your opinion. What really upset me was back about 10 years ago with Joe DiMaggio when he would make teams introduce him as the greatest, greatest. living ball player. I think yeah. that was totally uncalled for. Well, everybody did. Everybody did. I mean, everybody knew he was a great player, but you don't have to say living player, but he, that's what he wanted. I know I went to a few, uh, you know, uh, old timers games and that's how they introduced him. Did anyone ever tell Joe, you know what, Joe, knock it off? Or everybody was afraid of him? <laughs> I, everybody was afraid of him. I think I'd tell you the honest truth. But in Edmond, Oklahoma, don't they refer to you as the greatest living ball player in Edmond, Oklahoma? I don't even think they know I live here. <laughs> <laughs> so how's no, the guy no. from San Francisco end up in Oklahoma? I was playing for the Houston Astros, and I met my charming wife. She was a brand of stewardess, and we started dating, and we've been married 44 years. And she's from here. Okay, that works. And, and when I came back from Japan, we lived in uh, Tempe, Arizona for about seven years, and then we moved back here, and we've been here ever since. Did you play with Sandra O in Japan? No, I didn't. I was in the other league. He was in, I think, uh, there's a central and there's another league. I was in the, uh, I was in Osaka. Oh, okay. Could he have played in the major leagues? Uh, he would have been a 300 hitter. He wouldn't have hit home runs like he did in Japan, but uh, I, I believe he would have hit 300. So it's, I mean, these Japanese players, I'll tell you one thing. They know how to play the game yes. like the old players did. And I, t if I were to own a team, I'd bring every guy from Japan. I think I'd win the World Series my first year. Well, they, they, they work on it. I mean, they get out to the ballpark four hours ahead of time and they do exercises and they, they go through this play and that play, you know, and that's why I went over there in, in, uh, 69 and, uh, some of the things they were doing, I couldn't understand. They were duck walking and walking backwards and doing this. And I, I didn't do that. I just go out and run my laps and <laughs> then they go in and, and, and eat and here we go. We play and, uh, you couldn't argue with the umpires. Or they, you're bad if you argue with them part back then. But now they've they've sort of got to the point where they play American style baseball over there now. They're that, not afraid to fight. That might that might ruin baseball over there. Well, they had uh, Dale Spencer. Remember him? Sure. 
Well, he went over there, and, you know, he's a big man. He's sliding to second base with his foot up in the air like they used to teach you, knocking guys down and stuff, and uh, they didn't understand that. But then as time went on, uh, uh, Don Blassingame was over there, and uh, uh, Mad Dog Thomas and myself, and uh, guys would slide harder than uh, the, the Japanese would, and finally they decided, wait a minute, we get that's the way it's going to be. And uh, I saw some film when I was at an old-timers game of, how many fights there were over in Japan on the ball field? It's like World War II over there. It sounds like now playing no, baseball. No, no, <laughs> they, they play good baseball. It's not just fighting, but they're not afraid to. Before they used to just bow with each other. Now, if you go in there hard at second, uh, you, you, you could have a little fisticuffs. Thank you very much for your time, Mr. Gentile. It was a pleasure oh, well, talking thank to you. you. All right. All righty. Bye bye. There was former Baltimore Oriole Dodger Astro. He got around Jim Gentile. Another great interview, Elliot. Yeah, nice going back uh, a few decades. It's interesting to hear about Japan. I mean, not only are they making the best cars and TVs, now they're making the, the best, best ball, ball players. players. It's come, come a long Out, way. Outsourcing. Exactly. I want to thank our guests today, Jim Gentile, Lisa Riveran, even though she didn't beat me up, which I think you won. That, that may happen Saturday. Verone. Lisa Marie Verone, our producer. You got the first two names right. What do you want from them? <laughs> Yeah, I'm not good with names. Again, I'm David Spada with my co-host, Elliot Harris. Thanks again for listening. Tune in again next week.